Hello and welcome to the Body Acceptance Podcast. This podcast is for women who struggle to love and sometimes even like their bodies and who want to build a more loving relationship with themselves through experiencing more joy, pleasure, and confidence. Each week we'll cover topics ranging from body image, intuitive eating, self-love, and so much more. If you're ready to learn practical tips and tools for loving the skin you're in, then you're in the right place. Let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Body Acceptance Podcast. You may have noticed that I have been MIA for the past few weeks. I have really been struggling with mental health, mainly related to my hormonal cycles, aka my period not showing up, which is normal. I've had a regular period since I was younger, and it's so hard to explain this to people that A lot of times when I do have mental health struggles, I know exactly why it is, and it's because of my hormonal imbalance. And while I may know that logically, it still impacts the way that I'm able to show up in the world. And it's especially hard when you work for yourself because there really is no one there to hold you accountable other than yourself, which when you're in the depths of it, the consequence of not showing up is not big enough to feel that compelled to show up I guess you could say and so that's something I've really been working through is figuring out how I can still show up for myself during those times and sometimes I'm good at it this has been a really hard I guess bout I feel like I have not been in the depths of it like this for this amount of time for a really long time and I go through waves and all throughout the week I'll feel a lot of different emotions so I'm just working on embracing and accepting all of all that comes up for me as I go through it and then figuring out ways to recognize the thoughts or the patterns that come up and still be able to do my work or find you know, different ways to still support my business throughout the process instead of just completely not showing up at all and disappearing off of the radar. That is, you know, one of the things that sometimes makes me feel like I'll never be successful, if I'm being honest, is that, you know, I think that everyone else around me just seems so normal and like they have it all together and that I'm the only one who struggles this much with mental health. And then it gets kind of redundant and old to talk to people about oh it's just my hormones I think people at this point are like it's always your hormones Lauren but it's true is when I'm when I feel balanced I feel that my mental health is great and again I know that it's always related to my hormonal imbalance and Yes, I have done things about it. Yes, I have implemented holistic remedies and that helps a lot, a lot for me to manage it. But sometimes like the past few weeks, something just completely throws me off course. And it's like, it's almost like you're, well, I've never been surfing, but say you're whitewater rafting and you fall out of the raft and sometimes you might, it might be really easy for you to just you know, someone grabs your hand and you get right back into the raft and then you just keep going down the river. But then sometimes you fall out of the raft and you maybe hit a rock or something and you're trying to get back in the raft and you just keep 
slipping. And that's kind of how I felt for the past few weeks is that I couldn't fully get back in. I know all the tools of what I can do to help manage it and make it the best possible. I really wish I could afford great healthcare and afford to actually see a therapist. And I think that would really help me if I could, but I'm not in a position right now where I where that feels possible for me. And so I am just doing my best to work through it on my own. And sometimes I'm successful at that and sometimes I'm not. I say that, you know, for those of you who feel that you're in the same position, maybe you feel that you wished you you wish you could hire help or have certain resources available to you, but the reality is that you don't. And that's okay. We all are doing our best every day hopefully learning from the times where we feel like we could have done better or we feel like we should have been more gentle on ourselves or that we should have rested more there is no perfect answer for this it's just something that we navigate as our human selves because our humanness means that we are not linear we are complex and we are not perfect so anyway, I wanted to just share that part with you of where I've been the last few weeks. I wish I would have had felt that I had the strength to tell you that I wasn't going to be showing up while I was in it. I just didn't feel like I had that capacity to even show up in that way. So I know I have some friends out there who can go through the same thing sometimes. So I know that you understand and I appreciate everyone that's been patient with me throughout this time. I'm still not out of the woods yet, but I just happen to be having a good morning slash day and, and seeing where I can go from here. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'm going to talk to you about body dysmorphia and how it shows up in my own life and how other people have said that it shows up for them and why it's important to know that and then how you can use that information to navigate what that does to your body image and how you can recognize that you can have bad body image days or bad body image in general or not love how you look but still be present and live the best quality of life that you possibly can. So without further ado, let's start the episode and hope you enjoy it. All right, so let's talk about some of the ways that body dysmorphia can mess with your mind and how you can become aware of that so you know how to work with the thoughts that may come up or the feelings that you may have about your body and not allow it to destroy your confidence or mess with your day. I do want to say that there right now is, I think, some kind of construction going on behind our house. So I'm going to try and filter it out when I edit this uh, episode, but if you hear a little bit of drilling, I apologize. It is pretty faint, so hopefully it doesn't interfere too much. But anyway, first of all, I just want to say that I am obviously not a psychologist or an expert on this topic. I am speaking through the lens of my own personal experience, and I'm also sharing some of the things that others have told me about their experience with body dysmorphia. So just keep that in mind that there is obviously so much more to this topic 
than I can really talk about in one episode. And if it's something that you feel that you really do struggle with and need professional help, I highly suggest that you do seek the help that you need. And I also understand that not everybody has access to the help that they need and the therapy that they need. That's definitely been the case for me. So I've had to work through a lot of this in almost like a DIY way, which is really sad to say, but it's the reality of healthcare not being so accessible. So I've had to, I have had a few health coaches along the way, but for the most part, I haven't had, I've never had like a personal therapist or when I was healing my relationship with food, I did all of it on my own because I didn't have a therapist or someone to walk me through it. Um, and so everybody's story is different and I, I want to honor and respect that and also recognize that you will do whatever you feels best for you. So I want to empower you to do that in case you don't think about that. So the intention for me creating this episode is a twofold intention. So number one, As always, I share these things to help you feel less alone in what you experience and then also to normalize the things that we all go through, the human experiences that not everyone talks about or not many people talk about. People are now starting to talk about body dysmorphia and body image struggles more, which I really appreciate, but that hasn't always been the case. Uh, The second intention for me in creating this episode is that I want you to know that you can have body dysmorphia and you can not allow it to hold you back. So you don't have to wait until you never experience it again because that might not ever happen. So you don't have to put your life on hold or how you feel about your relationship with your body or any of that on hold until you feel that it's completely like gone and there's never any struggles because the chances of that happening are really slim to none. I've never heard anyone say that they never struggle with it. But the goal really is for you to learn how to live your fullest life now, even when you do have, say, intrusive thoughts sometimes or experiences with body image where you're struggling. It's just learning how to navigate those human experiences, right? That's the goal of all this. So the episode was inspired by an Instagram post that I saw from at bodyimagepositive. I'll put their handle in the show notes and you can, if you want, follow them on Instagram for more body image quotes and support. Okay, so here's what their post said. It was illustrating different ways of how body, 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 how body dysmorphia can look and the different ways that they illustrated was constant comparison of your body, avoiding mirrors, seeing old pictures of yourself, remembering how much you hated your body, but realizing it looked fine, constantly worrying which angle people are looking at you from, not believing compliments, and having no real concept of what your body actually looks like. So as I read through those, I want you to just start to think about which ones you feel apply to you, which ones you can relate to, and how it feels. I I know that sometimes seeing things like this or hearing things like this helps validate my own experience and provide some relief 
to know that like, okay, I'm not the only one going through this. And sometimes I'll be going through something like this or having these feelings and not really putting them into words, not really knowing how to put them into words. And then I see them somewhere on a post or somewhere where I see, I see it and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's what I've been trying to say. Or like, wow, I've kind of noticed that that's been going on with me, but I've never actually brought full-on attention to that. So I can relate to every single one of these that were listed out on that post. And I think that's why it really spoke to me. And so I wanna go through each of them more thoroughly, again, just to dig a little bit deeper, just see maybe where it stems from or what the experience can be with it. And then I'll share some of the ways that I, whether it's like tools or mindset shifts that I use to cope with each one of these. So the first thing is constant comparison of your body. Comparison is something I've gotten better at not doing. And I actually talk about it in the body acceptance book that there's like, you know, I talk about how to handle comparison and how to recognize that, yeah, it's something that we all do, but how to navigate when you do notice yourself comparing a lot. And for me, even though I've gotten better at it, and even though I know how to talk myself through it, I tend to compare the most when I'm at the gym. And I, I, it's so funny because I thought that in Vegas, that's where I would have compared myself most to the girls at the gym. But at that time, there were just so many girls there and so many actually different body types, surprisingly. And then, you know, we moved over here to Japan. It almost always seems like at the gym that I go to on base, the only girls that are there are the ones that have the ideal quote-unquote gym body you know like that gym body that was really popular on Instagram like started starting like five years ago and I used to truly believe that if I worked hard enough my body would look like the bodies that those girls have but the truth is they just have a completely different body type and if I really actually think about it they like there are different body types there are diverse body types at our gym here but for some reason I've just been struggling and maybe it's because I've gained more weight over the last year than I've gained in a long time and I'm still working on catching up with getting used to what I'm seeing in the mirror so sometimes when I'm working out I'll find myself looking around and comparing and when I notice myself do that I refocus into my workout so how I do that is I'll tune into my music I always have to have music going just to really keep me in the zone and instead of looking around sometimes or looking at the mirrors which are everywhere and can be really triggering I'll just look down at the floor between the sets as I'm jamming out and then as I am actually in so that's between like I said between sets and as I'm working out actually doing the movement, I focus on the movement and then doing so really helps me to stay present and mindful and helps me forget about every, everyone else. So I just tune into my body and then between sets, I tune into the music and just remember that I am not at the gym to impress people and I am there to help and support my mind and my body and it's not about what I look like. Easier said than done, but it really does help to remind 
remind myself of that. So in general, when I do find myself comparing, if it's on social media, it's really easy for me to just log out or, you know, just close my phone and go do something else, maybe take a walk or unfollow someone. If I start to notice a pattern of feeling certain ways when I see their profile and noticing that I'm comparing and berating myself, that's when I'm either mute or unfollow. Another thing that's really helped for me is follow accounts of women who share similar body types. Recently, I have found Alex Michael May, who is absolutely amazing. She is uh, more of like a style influencer. And I just discovered, I first found her on TikTok and then started following her on Instagram and then found out that she actually has a YouTube channel where she does vlogs and try on videos, which I really love. And I especially love that she and I have the same measurements. She has bigger boobs and a bigger butt than me, but don't most people. <laughs> but she, uh, but as far as like our waist and hip measurements, they're like almost the exact same. And that's really helped me kind of get a visual on the last thing that we're going to talk about, which is I have no concept of how my body looks. Seeing her in different outfits helps me kind of conceptualize what my body actually may look like to other people, which is important, feels important to me because sometimes I just like, I am, I just think that I am probably six times larger than I really am. And it causes me to feel uncomfortable and just weird. And as you know, I don't demonize body sizes, no matter how large or how small you are. Uh, and so it's, it's a little bit tricky for me to talk about. I feel three times my size or whatever. That's why I, I don't really, I still haven't found the language to be able to talk openly about when I'm feeling larger and just, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm still working on that. But anyway, it, it helps me to see women of all ranges and sizes too on social media so that I can expose myself to a diversity and recognize that body diversity exists and it's a thing and that it's not wrong. Remy Bader is also another one of my favorites. She does realistic try-on hauls and I discovered her on TikTok as well. So just overall, when I find myself comparing... I, my go-to line is just to remind myself that her beauty doesn't take away from my own. I'll say that again. Her beauty doesn't take away from my own. We all can be beautiful in our own ways. And again, that's why diversity is so beautiful. And like I said, I wrote about that in my body acceptance book. And it's just honestly such a helpful thing to recognize that there is beauty and variety, that I'm beautiful in my own way and she's beautiful in her own way. All right, so the next way that body dysmorphia might show up is in avoiding mirrors. And I actually use avoiding mirrors as a tactic for, or a tool for bad body image days and something that helps me not obsess over how I look. So I try not to over stare in the mirror or, you know, body check as they call it where I look at my size and I look really closely at every different part of my body to the point where I'm just overanalyzing it and obsessing over it. And that's when I start to notice all the quote unquote flaws that I, that bother me. 
And this is really big for me when I'm getting into or out of the shower. I don't like to look in the mirror unless that day I'm feeling mentally strong or I feel that I can objectively look at myself and not spiral from that. I, like I said, have found that sometimes I'll obsessively body check and stare at myself for a while and that's when things start to become more apparent to me. So when I notice myself doing that, I will literally back up from the mirror and then I'll just glance at myself quickly the way that I would glance at someone else in person. And doing that, backing up and just glancing reminds me that no one is actually looking at me as closely as I'm looking at myself in the mirror and for that length of time. Like, unless it's your lover who is already thinking great things about you because of all the chemicals that happen when you're in love with someone, unless it's like your lover or someone you're close with, no one is actually analyzing you. And even then, I'm not really closely analyzing my friends because I'm so busy thinking about myself half the time and like, do I look okay? And again, I'm only finding these flaws because I'm fixating. So when I literally zoom out, what I realize is that I'm perfectly fine and people are more so paying attention to the presence that I bring into the room, maybe the confidence that I have, how I'm making them feel versus how I look. So that's that one, avoiding mirrors. And then the next one, seeing old pictures of yourself and remembering how much you hated your body at the time and then you realize looking back that like oh I looked fine and this one is one that really actually does infuriate me because I can't tell you how often this happens where I look back on pictures when I thought I looked so different than I actually did and I didn't think I looked cute and later on five months into the future or whatever I look back and I realize oh my gosh I actually looked so good and this happens especially as I gain more and more weight and actually do see my body at a larger size and I realized that I wasn't nearly as large as I thought I was and again going back to the tricky conversation of talking about weight and size and how that has to do with how good or bad or whatever we look or we think we look really being the key word so going back to that conversation I think the important thing is when that does happen when, you know, say we look back on pictures where we thought we looked bigger than we actually did uh, or smaller or whatever it is, when it's incongruent, I think the important takeaway message there is not that necessarily it's your size that's so important, but it's how you think about yourself. And recognizing that when you do look back on older pictures where you thought you looked different or larger or whatever than you did, what's actually happening is your mindset was... It was your mindset that was holding you back versus how you actually looked. And I remind myself of that often, especially as how I feel about my body image and size changes so rapidly. I have to remind myself that, girl, like it's not that your body changed so drastically all of a sudden, it's where your mindset is at. And that's why it's so important to work on your mindset. And more importantly than thinking that I was larger than I actually was is the fact that I have missed out on so many of those moments and connections with people and times because I was so fixated on how I looked. So what I do now is I try to remind myself that who the fuck cares how I actually look 
like really in like a negative way. I know I look at my friends all the time and think like, oh wow, she's so beautiful. I admire my friends or other people and maybe even strangers, but no one is analyzing me in the negative way that I analyze myself. And have you ever noticed a group of say pretty girls at the bar? Maybe there's a group of girls and you can tell that they're just totally into how they look and how they appear and they're trying to look perfect to everyone around. So they're kind of stiff and not really friendly. They're not really smiling. They're just kind of making that like duck face and hoping that someone will approach them, but they're they don't seem approachable and they're not really attractive. Even though you can tell conventionally they're attractive, right? You just are like, eh, that's not really an attractive trait to, I guess, stand there with your duck face. Okay, now there's a cicada that decided to wake up and make noise and sing for you. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, on the contrary of a group of super hot girls that kind of have... Not necessarily bad attitudes, but just think that their looks is all that they have to offer. Now imagine a group of less conventionally attractive women and you walk in the bar and you notice that they're all really clearly comfortable with themselves and each other and they're just unapologetic about who they are and they're just laughing and having a good time. And those are the ones that you would probably approach, right? And those are the ones that seem to be more magnetic regardless of how they look. And I always have to go back to the idea that it's much more attractive to be comfortable with yourself and to just be in the moment and enjoy life. And even if you're not attractive in the moments when you're living your best life, who cares because you're living your best life. We get so caught up in trying to be attractive and trying to look our best and trying to be at the best angle, but who benefits from that? It's obviously not us. And then if everyone around us is supposedly benefiting from it, how long do you think they really benefit? And how much do you really think they care? Looking back on old pictures when I thought I looked terrible and realizing how cute I actually was reminds me of two things. Number one, to live in the moment and enjoy life in whatever body that I have now, because who knows how my body is gonna look five years from now. Number two is if I don't like how I look in the picture, I used to just delete it and now I'm trying to not do that. Unless it's like a really obvious, my eyes were closed or whatever. Um, but if it's like a good memory and say it's the only picture I took that night, but I don't like it, just save it and tuck it away until later. Because usually what happens is when I have some distance from the photo, I am glad that the memory was captured and I can look back on it then later on in the future with like, oh, that was so cute or that was such a good memory. And I'm not so focused on how I looked because that was months ago or years ago. So that's it for seeing old pictures of yourself. The next one is constantly worrying about which angle people are looking at you from. And so for me, I have some trigger angles. This is my side angle because of my belly. And that didn't just come out of nowhere. That came from people pointing out my belly. And then the other one is my double chin. Again, came from people pointing it out. And this is hard for me, especially being tall. I already, I think what I struggle with is just for my whole life, always just feeling so big and tall and broad and feeling like I stand out and not always feeling like that's a good thing. Just kind of wishing that I could fade into the background, but knowing that I can't. So now I have to find confidence because 
If I'm gonna stand out, then I wanna stand out with confidence, right? I actually started to develop a chubbier face and a double chin a few years ago. I have always actually had like chubby cheeks, but I had lost all this weight. And so I had a thin face for probably the first time in my life for a few years. But then I quit dieting and I started to gain weight and how I was, how I learned that I had developed or was developing my double chin again was from my bonus son, Jalen. And Jalen suddenly felt compelled to point it out to me all the time. And the funny story on that is that I finally asked him to please stop commenting on it because it was making me self-conscious. And he was like, oh, I pointed out because I wish I had enough fat on my body to have a double chin, which I just thought was so interesting because him and I are on the opposite ends of the spectrum, but we're still both struggling with body image. He is self-conscious about being too skinny and I am self-conscious about being too large. So I just thought that was really interesting. Anyway, being tall too, like I said before, I know that people are under me probably looking up at my double chin. And when I think about that, I just remind myself that when I fixate on pictures or videos or I see myself in the mirror, again, people aren't paying that much attention as I am. And then the other thing is when I see double chins or side profile bellies on my friends, especially in person, I honestly just think it's either cute or or whatever I'm like it normalizes it for me I'm like oh like thank god now I can feel more comfortable about my own stuff or I just don't even think anything about it at all maybe I don't even notice it so just remember that your friends and the people are around you that are around you are used to seeing you in 3d and so when you see say a video of yourself and you're so shocked it's because you're not really used to seeing yourself from those angles but the people around you already know if you have a double chin or a belly or whatever, and it's not that much of, of a shock or surprise to them. And again, when I see those things on other people, I'm actually relieved because I feel more comfortable with my own stuff, knowing that they're probably not gonna judge me because they have the same, or of course there are exceptions. There are people that judge in others what they hate in themselves, but then I can remember that they're self-conscious of their own stuff and that's why they're projecting it on me. And the other thing I realize is that it doesn't make me love them less or find them any less beautiful if I do see those traits in them. So it gives me hope that maybe others feel the same about me, that they're more focused on who I am as a person and what I can offer in that way. So that's all for that one. The next one is not believing compliments. And I've gotten better at this one. Well, I don't necessarily know if I'm great at believing all the compliments, but I am good at receiving compliments now. Well, I've learned that most people will give a compliment if they really mean it. So even if somebody gives me a compliment and I don't necessarily agree with what they're saying, I believe that they mean what they're saying on their end, that they see me that way, and that's enough for me. And I've also trained myself to accept compliments gracefully because I know how much it sucks when someone rejects a compliment that I try to give them. So even if someone gives me a compliment and it throws me off guard or it makes me uncomfortable for whatever reason, I still say thank you and I move on. And I, I can still sometimes have a habit of trying to downplay it. And that's something I've become more aware of too, so I can work on that. So that's all for compliments. Again, just remember that 
most people, if they're going to give you a compliment, they really mean it. So even if you don't believe what they're saying, believe that they mean what they've said. Okay, and the last one is having no real concept of what your body looks like. This one hits me hard because I really genuinely to this day have no idea what my body looks like other than what I said earlier with Alex Michael May. And sometimes I even try and talk to myself about that. I don't know how to say it. And sometimes I even still rationalize. I look at myself and look at her and I'm like, well, she looks better because she has bigger boobs or smaller arms or whatever. We never really will know exactly what we look like to other people. And I've noticed that all throughout the day based on different mirrors, pictures, videos, how clothes look and fit, my body just constantly looks different to me all throughout the day. And I've noticed that in my mind, I feel really large and blubbery no matter what. There are, I guess, really rare times where I actually feel smaller, but again, it happens really rare and I'll feel like, oh, maybe I'm smaller than I think. And then I'll see a video or picture of myself that reminds me that I'm not actually like thin. And it's okay that I'm not. I'm just whatever size that I am at any given moment. And again, we're just so hung up on this comparison of our body size to other people because of how we've been conditioned in society. So I know in this episode, I'm talking a lot about size and how I'll feel at different sizes because I know that that's realistic. I'm not saying that it's the way that we should think about ourselves or think in general. It's the way we've been conditioned and it's really hard to uncondition ourselves from that, which is why I bring these things up so we can start to bring awareness of, okay, I'm thinking this and this is where it stems from, but I choose to think and believe this instead. Someone recently told me, and I forget who, but they said that in real life, we actually look closer to how we look in the mirror versus video and pictures. I'm not sure if that's really true, but it did give me some level of comfort because sometimes, or most of the time, I really just don't recognize myself on camera. It goes back to that fascination of wishing I knew what I actually looked like to others because in my head, most people look really good to me and I don't know, people just look so different in person. And then back to what I said earlier, I just keep reminding myself that I'm not the one who has to look at myself all day anyway. And I'll never actually really know what I look like to others. So the best I can do is just live my life and enjoy. And honestly, even if you do look more quote unquote conventionally beautiful, thin or whatever, does it suddenly make you enjoy life more because you look that way? No, because you still can't see yourself. And even if you could see yourself, you'd probably still think that you weren't pretty enough or thin enough because it doesn't matter how pretty or skinny you are. You're gonna find some sort of flaw or insecurity. And I say this because I saw a quote pretty recently that said something along the lines of food doesn't taste better when you're skinnier. The world isn't suddenly brighter. It's the same food in the same world. So why not find a way to enjoy it regardless of what you look like? And I'm sure I totally butchered that, but your life doesn't magically change. People think that if I lose weight or if I have this body, then I'll be happy, then I'll enjoy life, then I'll really be able to be in the present moment and have the confidence I've always wanted. But unfortunately, 
definitely you work really hard and some people work really hard for the rest of their lives only focusing and fixating on what they look like but never feeling like it's good enough and not recognizing that how you look on the outside yes while it can contribute to your confidence there's so much more that plays into that part of that is respecting yourself and your body and knowing how to work with your mindset and and again just knowing how to be in the present moment and have gratitude for that those are the two biggest ones for me that I've noticed is gratitude and being in the present moment and those two allow me to revel in the pleasure of being alive which is all the things that I wanted when I was chasing this arbitrary weight loss number or size or body type but I realized that I can have all of that without having to sacrifice my love of food or feeling afraid to go out to events with people because of what I might eat or what I might drink or the fear of skipping a workout. I can have the life that I desire without having to sacrifice so much of my true happiness in order to get that. And was I really even gonna get there when I was so focused on the wrong things, I would say. So just food for thought. We have reached the end of our episode. I would love to know what the biggest takeaway is for you. So if you come share that with me on Instagram by either tagging me in your post or your stories at Lauren M. Kendrick, that's in the show notes if you forget, or you can always just shoot me a DM. I am so up for that too. If you're interested in getting a copy of my body acceptance book, don't forget that you can get that at thebodyacceptance.com or by visiting the link in the show notes. And remember, life is meant to be enjoyed no matter what you look like. Thanks for listening and I can't wait to chat with you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Body Acceptance Podcast. Be sure you're subscribed wherever you listen so you don't miss when a new episode drops. If you love this podcast, I would so appreciate if you leave a review. The more positive reviews I have, the more this podcast can reach women like you who are in need of this message. Let's create a ripple effect and inspire more ladies to love themselves. And as always, feel free to share this episode with a friend or tag me on your Instagram stories at Lauren M. Kepler to let me know you're listening. Can't wait to chat with you again next week, but until then... Remember that you're worthy and beautiful as you are right now.